what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange, a monthly conversation about startups and small businesses with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm the Small Business Center Director at Catawba County Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller. Gary, how you doing out there? Doing great. Staying warm? It's a little chilly out there. A little there. chilly out there right now. Oh. Glad that uh, we're back for another uh, monthly podcast. And on today's show, we're going to talk about uh, some news and notes and articles that have come across our desk. And the main topic that we're going to talk about is securing funding for your startup. And, and we've got a guest with us who's started his own company, a, a tech startup that's pretty interesting that we'll talk about and, and hear a little bit about the trials and tribulations about trying to get money to get it up and running and operational and profitable. And then we'll, we'll end up with our, our small business of the month. So we're looking forward to it. Uh, so, Gary, you sent me an article this uh, this week about entrepreneurs and some advice or lessons that they've learned. Uh, what uh, Where did you find that one? I was surfing the Internet and looking at different things, and I said, wow, this is very straightforward but very important information that I think we could always use, whether we're a small business owner or running a business of any size, quite honestly. So, so I guess it was from Entrepreneur Magazine, and they talked to some entrepreneurs and got their take on advice or, or things that they wish they had known before they had started their company. Exactly. And, and uh, what were some of the things that jumped out at you when you uh, read it? Well, as I said, it, they're pretty straightforward things, and they make sense when you think about it, but it's always nice to hear somebody kind of validate these concepts. first one I saw was uh, that... Sometimes you go get started, and once you get started, everything just flows easy. And uh, Jim Scott, the founder of Mono, a creative agency, made the comment, things never get easy in business. There's always something that's coming up. And I think that's a a good lesson for people getting started to say, well, okay, it's not like I got over that first few months and everything's smooth from here. It's not like like running that... uh 5K type race where there's a, a finish line. Right. See, I say 5K. I'm not the marathon <laughs> guy. Right. So I understand. So. I, I can identify with that. And actually, there are two or three other folks of these 15 that had something similar, that things are always changing and you need to be aware of what's happening inside your company and things happening outside your company that can have an impact on the business. I, there, I, there, were, there were a couple of themes that I saw in it that I, that I thought was interesting, and, and one of them was – be very careful about the people that you hire and make sure that uh, they're going to fit into your culture and 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 that's important to do it right and that that resonated with me because I first time I hired somebody I I was not my own company I was working for somebody else at the time but I was able to hire somebody and I think I was just so pleased that I could hire somebody I went out and did it real quickly and it really was a person that didn't work out that well and the lesson I learned is it is much 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 more painful to fire somebody than to hire somebody so you really need to spend the time at the front end getting the right person and take your time in doing that that's a perfect example what I took away from these 15 people is it's not just for the person starting a business or running a small business it's any business and I think you're exactly right it's much harder to fire somebody than to hire the right person and Finding a person that's not just qualified through the resume or what they say, but also it's a fit. 
it is where are they going to fit into the culture of your business i think that's critical and and uh, one of them talking about the hiring piece of it and this was from a woman named sabrina parsons who is the ceo of a company called palo alto software she talks about the different approaches they go through to figure out whether the person is right and as you said it's not just looking at resumes and going through one interview or something like that she talks about giving them homework assignments and and coming back and presenting something to the rest of the people in her company she talks about doing some role play work so they're they're really putting people under the microscope a bit but it's a very big decision you really want to make sure you get the right person yeah i think it's key because you don't want a short Step yourself uh, and just say, hey, we're going to hire somebody. I mean, because you hope it's a long-term decision and they're going to have a big impact on your business. They're going to have a big impact on your business, good or bad, uh, hopefully. You know, good if you've done it well, and if it's bad, then you've got the challenge of how you're going to unwind that situation. And a couple of the other folks interviewed in the article talked about the importance of delegating and not not getting overwhelmed. thought that was good. I think one of them said... You need to focus and avoid freneticism, which I'm not, I didn't know that freneticism was a word, but I like that word. It's a good <laughs> word. So, so focus is very important, and and not you're you're going to get pulled in many different directions. But if you get spread so thin, it's gonna it's hard to it's hard to get things done. It's hard there are only so ahead. many opportunities you can take advantage of. Yeah. Thought the other thing that came across is you can't get too attached to your business. That came through with a couple of different interviews or your idea you need to be flexible to what's going on around you and uh, be open to others ideas and and uh, i think the guy who said that uh, was a fellow named james green who has started several companies uh worked at disney and pixar uh and now is the ceo of a company called magnetic and and uh, and I, I, I didn't know what to make of all his comments because it was, you know, he, he was one of them that really said, you know, you, you really have to take, you have to be a little bit cold in evaluating the results of your company and know when to sell. And, and ultimately, your company is not a uh, organic thing. And, and, and really, he, he, he preaches have some detachment from it, which I think, you know, it's, it's interesting advice, you know, and, and, I'm, and, and part of me was wondering, is that more uh, the philosophy of someone who has a more technology-oriented oriented business with you know, few, if any, employees? Yeah, then I can see it. But you know, once you start to have employees, does it? To me, it becomes a little bit more. I don't know. I want to say family. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's it's harder to have that emotional. Well, I think attachment. that's a good word, and I think it also ties into another thought. Of, you know, every business is different. Every situation is different, and what might work. There's not a cookie cutter strategy for being successful. So you need to understand the business and the, the people that are associated with it. Well, uh, we've got a, a guest that's been patiently listening to <laughs> us uh, banter uh, around this one. He, he's probably got some thoughts on this as well. So let's, let's introduce our guest, whose name is David Washko. And David is the founder and president of GoPriceDrive.com, which is a website car buying solution which matches ready-to-purchase car buyers with auto retailers in a secure uh, secure and confidential way, which uh, can shift the feelings of power and control from the guy selling the car to the guy buying the car. And David has 
uh, has a, a strong history and long history, not to, not to say that you're old, David, but, uh, in, in marketing and sales and, and has also has his own sales and marketing consulting firm, Washco Consulting. And, and uh, David, uh, welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange in, in our podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. We're glad to have you with us. True honor. Uh, uh, honor is a strong word, David. <laughs> uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about uh, GoPriceDrive.com, how long you've been working on it, and uh, fill in some of the blanks that I left there with the, the, the short description. Absolutely. Uh, again, and I do use the word honor because uh, this is – I think this could be even one of the best programs that you guys have had because you're touching on something that most programs don't. Well, you know, we, we have set the bar pretty low. <laughs> so, okay. so that'll be real easy for me then. <laughs> so, um, so we're hopeful. Well, most programs you listen to, like your Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership podcast and whatnot, they're always talking to people after the fact, um, you know, after the success has happened or after the um, company's already been up and running and has demonstrated, um, you know, validity to, to the concept. And for somebody like myself and a lot of the students who are at CVCC doing uh, in the entree uh, or the entrepreneurial program, you really you can't identify with that person or those people. You you, you want to talk and hear from the people who are in the trenches right here now and how how are they dealing with the emotional roller coasters, ups and downs. And so um, there's and no programs go into that. So uh, that's why I think this is, you guys hit on a very strong topic. Regarding GoPriceDrive.com, uh, interesting story. Hal Rowe was on the radio about three years ago. Uh, matter of fact, exactly three years ago in the month of January. Uh, just He was on one of his soapboxes saying, we need people to step up. We need anyone has ideas. We need to bring jobs to this area. Let's you know take a gamble and you know come Come to the table and let's let's do something. And I happened to be listening to him in my car, and I was looking for a, to buy a car um, during that time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, I was spending an hour, a couple hours every night for about two weeks trying to do, do whatever I could to gain knowledge and limit my time on the dealership lot. And one night, my wife looked over at me on the sofa and said. Just go buy the car, will you? <laughs> I understand I, I that. Have a, I have a wife like that too. <laughs> okay, I understand good. that. Great heart, I think meant it's well, common. but she knew I was, you know, the time wasn't worth it that I was spending. And that's when it hit me. I was like, you know, there, there needs to be a better way. Why am I doing all the work? I've got 20 years of sales experience and teaching, and, you know, I still don't like to go in and do the negotiation part like anyone else. And I thought, there's got to be a better way. Why am I going to go through all that? And then I'm handing somebody else a big fat check. They need to come to me and earn my business. So that's when it hit me. I thought, God, if there was only a, a way I could have an electronic megaphone where I can just yell out to the world, here's the car I want, the make and model in the year, now come fight for my yeah. business. And that's when it hit me. And just like any other entrepreneur, I couldn't sleep for about two weeks. I was r- scribbling all this out for, Every night, and then it turned out that uh, I heard about the um, contest, the Edison Project. And my daughter was a little younger, still coming out of diapers at that point. And when I heard there was a hundred dollar uh, entry fee, I was like, "Ah, that's no, not worth it." <laughs> and the more, and then then that's when Hal Rose Radio Show. I heard that, and I was like, "Okay, I'm going to bite the bullet." I didn't know how to spell the word entrepreneur yet. I understand. And, uh, it took me three months. It, okay, good, <laughs> and. Um, 
and all the and the rest is history from there. So it's been a three year long process in getting to the point I'm at now. So and 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 for our listeners who are not familiar with the the Edison competition, it is a business con- business plan competition, business idea competition here in our local area that uh, people can enter and and it's a very thorough process in which they assemble a business plan. They present it to judges who come from the financial sector, investors, bankers, and they develop a written business plan, and and uh, um, all those things go together to determine a winner. And you won the competition back in 2011? Correct. Okay. Yes, and um, that, I will say, was one of the most thorough uh, and best experiences that I've had um, throughout my career uh, from the sense of, for that $100, I, I calculated this out. I got well over $180,000 in exposure out of that whole entire program. Oh, that's um, fantastic. I mean, that's yeah, that's incredible from all the consultants and the free time and the um, just the local, all the, you know, CVC was involved, the chamber was involved, the SBTDC was involved. It was just a, a remarkable program uh, that uh, I just try to let everybody know about. Well, I think that's a key thing that you're talking about, all the different organizations that can come together in a community to help people start a business. Absolutely. And they all have something that is an expertise that they can bring to the table. Absolutely. So, so David, your, your business is a web-based business. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about how, who your customers are, how they use it, how they benefit from it. Well, it originally started that my business is, uh, or my business customers were the car buyers. Then I quickly uh, learned that the dealerships are also an important part of the business model. So basically what would happen is a customer who is a ready-to-purchase car buyer, 87% of people know what car they want to buy before they go to the dealership. So you would come to this website. You would post the make and model of the car that you're wanting, whether it's new or used, and the distance you're willing to travel to pick up, either 3 miles or 3,000. Your information is never revealed to the dealerships. At that point, a lead is sent out to every independent dealer and uh, major dealership in the uh, radius that you're willing to go pick up the car. They get the lead. It's free to them to receive the lead. If they have a car and they want to come in and try to earn your business, it's an $11 opportunity for the dealership. They come to the website, and there's a bidding page, and they post the car, all of its information, the, the features of the vehicle, and the price. As other dealers come on, they do the same thing, but now everybody gets to see what everybody's doing. So you have a true bidding war going on, and you get to sit back and simply watch the bidding take place. At the end of the seven days or any time prior, uh, if uh, somebody gets to the price that you like, you simply click on that. And only that at that point does your contact information get released to the winning dealership. So, so from from your perspective, you you get paid by the car dealer, correct? And you get paid by the car purchaser as well. Uh, no, the the revenue generated will be from the eleven dollars per bid uh, by dealerships, mm-hmm. as well as then advertising revenue on, on the website banner okay. advertising. Well, very good. So, what differentiates you is the actual bidding prices. Absolutely, now, I'm looking at going through and buying a car now, and I'm. I, love that you were going to be here because <laughs> <laughs> it drives me crazy. And my wife did the exact same thing. Quit it. Stop trying to analyze it. And I'm trying 
because I don't have a way to pull it all together. The problem for you, Gary, is there are only so many Maserati dealerships around. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The little one's about three or four inches. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the uh, you know the business model uh, in, as we've seen with the automotive industry has just really changed. It used to be you would pick your dealership and then go choose your car. Now it's flip flopped. You choose your car and then go find a dealership. So, um, and that's why you see so many websites popping up like TrueCar.com and the Auto Trader and whatnot. Uh, but this is a truly a novel idea. Um, it's a reverse auction type scenario, um, and it's uh, I've run it through the patent process. I haven't gotten a patent yet, but I've run it through the patent process, and there's nothing else out there like it. So, so so you're going to provide a real value to someone buying a car, and that you're going to have dealers competing against one another. So value number one is I think I'm going to get a, a better price, certainly a very good price. Uh, value number two is it saves me time and and I don't have to uh, traipse around to these various dealerships, which you know can be an unpleasant experience. I'm sure there are some that are better than others, but but uh, they they seem there's a bad connotation to to uh, th- that process that you are simplifying and, and making easier. So so you've got this great idea. You've got something that's going to provide value. So in terms of getting it funded, you know, you, you've got to, I guess, create a pretty significant framework for your website and whatnot. I mean, where, what are the major expenses that you run into in, in, you know, in, in terms of trying to get it funded and how much funding and how would you figure all that out? Uh, well, that's where the Edison Project came into play. And um, actually, you guys with CVCC and some of the other local organizations, I really was able to use you as a resource to, you know, expedi- ex- expedite that learning curve of um, what I needed and what I didn't need to do. So where I'm at now is I've built a prototype website. It's a functioning prototype, uh, but it simply doesn't have e-commerce. And I've done that so that I'm able to go out and demonstrate to dealers, uh, the dealerships, how this will work, and they'll be able to visually see how it would work. This way I would win, um, you know, the dealers over to this type of service. Uh, you know, what the, one of the issues I'm solving for them is I am actually bringing them ready to purchase car buyers. Right. So instead of them having to spend as much time trying to take a prospect and convert them into a customer, exactly. I've already brought them the customer. So, And that, that took some time uh, working with a programmer. That's the one I do not work. Uh, I'm not a programmer. I don't uh, actually build, do the programming behind the scenes and websites. I, I know how to make them look good, but not function. So, so we spent a good bit of time building the actual program. So now I have a prototype to demonstrate to people. I also wanted to do that for the fundraising side of things. It makes a, it a whole lot easier versus just showing a concept on right. paper. You can see it. And you can touch see it, it touch really. it, play with it, see how many clicks it takes, that, right. that kind of a thing. So, so, and I've done all that on my own financially. And now what I'm in the process, I would like to launch this company locally. That's my primary goal is to look at, make this a local launch, maybe within about a 75-mile radius of here. Um, I just have a strong passion for our community and our area and would like to have a local company and you know, go from concept to success um, just to, as a way to give back to this community. Huh. So, 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 so when you're when you're thinking about the the funding piece of it, and, you, and and part of having that prototype assist you when you talk to potential funders, are you looking for 
you know, you know, usually when people come and ask about funding, the first the, the knee jerk reaction is, well, start with your friends and family. And it sounds like you've done that. <laughs> yes, um, we, I, I have uh, mostly on the friend side of things. Uh, I don't have any family, really. Um, so, yeah, this has been a, a definitely a bootstrap situation. But I've been very blessed after 20 years in this community, um, been able to develop some very good relationships. Um, so where I'm at now is I'm trying to raise $300,000. That will uh, allow the company to be built and working capital for a full year um, to be able to launch it here. And that, and that handles all the marketing and the, uh, the maintenance of the website, mm-hmm. the promotion side of the website. I'm a third of the way there of raising the capital. Mm-hmm. And right now that's where I'm at is uh, talking with some other local investors to come on board with my current investor. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. So, so tell us about the, the process that you go through to identify potential investors and to – do you pitch them? Do you, uh, do you wash their cars? What do you have to do to, uh, to get them to, to join up? You know, how does that approach? Uh, it's, it's been an experimental approach really for me um, just like I said because I, hadn't, I didn't know I was going to end up in the entrepreneurial world. I thought it was corporate world for the, my career. Um, and have just stumbled into this area, but it's been very exciting, and I, I've just I love to learn. That's a thirst for knowledge, and um, and to be able to leverage that knowledge to help others. So the entrepreneurial world has just been uh, very exciting to me. With regards to the learning curve on that, I did I, because I didn't have family. I have started with friends and just opening communication, sharing the idea with them, and getting their feedback. Um, and then once I get their feedback, it's an easier bridge to ask if they know of any local investors or any industry experts. But I've taken a two-prong approach with this. I do want to launch this locally, but as a secondary option, I've contacted some successful companies uh, such as eBay. They are expressing some interest in this right now. Uh, true, I'm in very beginning stages with TrueCar.com um, and a Venture uh, because of a good friend from church, I was hooked up with a company out of California that's a venture capital firm that's expressing a lot of interest. So a, a lot of it is just talking about it and communicating about it on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. So You just mentioned eBay, True Car, and Venture Capital. Those are different entities. Do you tailor make your pitch for Yes, I do. Interest. I do. Um, you're, the reason why I'm approaching eBay, like for example, eBay Motors, they're, uh, under their umbrella, and True Cars, they already have an infrastructure uh, with all the dealerships. So it'd be a, a very easy uptake for them to take on a concept like this. The marketing is would be streamlined since they're already doing something similar in the industry. Uh, per se, so that what I sp- am speaking with them simply because they have an infrastructure and base. Uh, the venture capital firm, uh, they are not in this industry, but they're the ones with the money, and uh, I, I would be able to have a little bit more say probably with how this 
would launch and how the product would look. So, so the you know the the typical lending options that are out there. You know, you, you you have your uh, you know bank loans or, or or traditional loans. You know debt where where you're going to pay interest, which really is a challenge for startups because a lot of the banks are looking for some historical experience. You know, so that's that's an avenue that often. Isn't one where a startup's going to find a lot of uh, of money going that route, and you, so so when you talk about investors, I guess one of the questions that you have to think through is how much ownership uh, am I going to give up if it's an equity type investor, and you know and that's that's always a real difficult thing. It's it's your baby, and <laughs> and um, there there's some chance for some significant return for you. Uh, and and I'm sure the investors look at it that way as well. How do you how do you deal with those issues of of uh, you, you you need the money? It's your company. Or how do you think through uh, the the ownership piece of it? Um, the, you know that's where mentors have come into play. Uh, we all know Mr. Frank Drendel here, who started Comscope Corporation, and uh, he constantly is telling me, "Do you want 100 percent of nothing, or do you want a percentage of something?" Uh, and there, you know, that's um, we, we've all seen the guys on Shark Tank who are willing to give up, you know, a percentage of their companies, and we're sitting there wanting to throw something at the TV. Exactly, we were talking know. about that earlier. Exactly, um, and so that's what I'm very flexible with this. I, I'm, I'm not this type of person. I've got to have 51 percent ownership in this company. I, my um, passion is, you know, this is a means to an end. I really want to have a successful company i want to be able to employ people i want to be able to you know make a difference make meaning as you you hear sometimes so um you know the the financial success is simply a byproduct of the passion for what you're doing um so the the percentage side of it you know that's not a big deal for me right now i think that's a really good point you just made you got to have a passion and want to know what you can do if you're going into business just to make money you gotta, you got to know what you're trying to accomplish, and sure. you're going to struggle if you don't have the passion for the product or service that you're going to offer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, money's not everything, but it's about up there with breathing. So yeah, Exactly. Uh, <laughs> got to have some. Yeah. So, but, uh, it you're, makes the breathing easier. It, that's true. Yeah. I, I don't like it when people say chase your dream. I mean, you got to live. You really have to live the dream, and that's... Uh, that's what I've really been learning a lot about uh, through this process. It's not an easy process by any means, um, and I've come up with some some real good laws that uh, that I've come to learn by. One of them is, I, I call the three C's, the three F's, and the three P's. Can we say them on the air? Uh, yeah, I think so. There might be one word I'm not sure of, but uh, I guess we can edit it out. But, you know, you, you guys talk – you're talking about when you talk to investors. Um, we see it on – all. you guys teach it all the time at the school because I've heard you say it many times. Investors, in, um, they're investing in you, not so much the product. Exactly. Um, and that is so valuable to learn. And so I kind of, when I'm talking to an investor, I reverse the role and think about, you know, what are they looking for in me? And you guys were talking about it earlier, about hiring and firing. I, I'm a passionate believer and I've done so much in the field of hiring. You know, you want to hire slow and fire fast. And when I go through an interview process, the three C's that I'm looking for are competence, character, and chemistry. And character is the number one for me. If the character is not there, then 
there's no sense in continuing the, the interview process. So, and you got to really focus on those three C's, and that's that's how I tailor my message when I'm talking to an investor. I I've had an investor who was interested. Uh, but when he told me that uh, he's got some money off to the side that his wife wouldn't miss or doesn't know about, I was like, no, let's back up the car. <laughs> flag. Yeah, that was a big red flag for me. So, um, you know, so that, you know, that spoke a little bit about the character, and I wasn't willing to go down that road. So, you know, the, the, I told you about the hour I said the three Fs, um, and this is, to me, important for – we always hear about the entrepreneur who burns out or doesn't know how to get there from day to day. And this is the day-to-day momentum. I mean, for me, the three S are faith, family, and friends. That's what keeps me going day-to-day. That's your support network. That is the support network. That's my mentorship side of things. Um, You know, I always say if you can look back three months and you see progress, then you're on the right road with the entrepreneurship. You can't look at it Mm -hmm. day-to-day. And you have to – so you have to rely on those three C's. Uh, And then the three uh, P's that – this is something that Mr. Drendel – taught me um and i think we we can say all of them but uh uh just from a how you, you know we always need to carry on a good strong business acumen no matter where we're at we always tell our children you know you need to be who you are at church at school you know be the same person and the same thing in the in the world of business and his uh three p's were never break a promise don't panic because this scenario will eventually move on and never piss anyone off in case we need to edit that, never tick anyone off. <laughs> so, but I think we're going to go with what you were okay, saying. Okay, good. Don't so, you know, don't, stretch ourselves. Good. Don't burn the bridges. In other exactly. Because I mean, we live in this town. While it's a, you know a nice sized town, we all know we. How many times do we cross paths with the same person? We talk and, about with our kids and our students all the time. Be careful. Exactly. So, but it's um it's definitely been a phenomenal learning process. That's great. So Excellent. if people want to find out more about your about GoPriceDrive.com, can they can they get to your website now or, or what give you know let's let's have the shameless plug. <laughs> sure. There's a <laughs> um the investment uh account number is uh no the uh, website it, it's um I have washcoconsulting.com uh to just reach me personally, but the uh website is gopricedrive.com. It's simply a spl- a splash page right now. The prototype is something uh that I really don't show until um I get deeper into the conversation with people. So the uh gopricedrive.com is really a 30,000 foot view of okay. of what's going on. Um so but yeah, we're uh, my wife and I are extremely excited to see this thing, you know, kick off. So All right. Well, look, we we appreciate you uh, sharing sort of your journey with us, and which you know is still evolving. And you know, and as it progresses, we'll have you back, and uh, perhaps you can uh, let us know how things uh, uh, go down the road. And and uh, you know, when when you say you're looking for several hundred thousand dollars, uh, that's you know, to me that sounds like a big number. You've already made a pretty good dent in it, but there's more to go. So uh, I suspect. uh, uh, as you as you continue your 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 funding journey, you'll uh, you can come back and let us know how things are going and and uh, um, share some more lessons with us that, that you pick <laughs> up along the way. Absolutely, would love to. Uh, I think that's part of the fun of entrepreneurship is leveraging your knowledge to help others. So, and that's you know that's where angel investors are so you know such a strong cause for entrepreneurship. They just love to give back. So, love to be on that side of the. 
the coin soon. Uh, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate your talking to our students over the last few years and sharing your journey, and we're excited to see it be successful in the future. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, Gary, let's uh, let's get to our small business of the month. Uh, you know, each month we try to find a, a unique and interesting business to share with our listeners. So uh, what do you have this month? Well, you know me. I always am looking for that, that fun thing that's close to my heart, or my, which is my stomach. Or if it has a funny name to it and successful, that just makes it even better. My small business of the month is the one that our country just can't get enough of. It's Tom and Chi. Do you know who they are? Either of you? I don't think I do. Tell us. Do, oh, you're going do tell. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a Cincinnati homegrown eatery known for its designer soups and grilled cheese sandwiches. They've been highlighted on a variety of TV shows, and I first saw them on one of my favorite shows, Shark Tank. Uh, founders True Quackenbush and Corey Ward won an investment deal with Shark Barbara Cochran. And mixing their compelling personalities with tasty food and equally delicious business model, the budding restaurateurs continue to build their business on a simple concept of grilled cheese sandwiches and soup. Their signature sandwich is my favorite, grilled cheese donuts. Grilled mm-hmm. cheese donuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you wonder where I am. Uh, Quackenbush, uh, behind the grill and Ward doing the designing, the duo and their wives began selling their eclectic soups and grilled cheese sandwiches from a food tent on Cincinnati's Fountain Square in 2009. The demand for Tom and cheese delectable treats is hot but the restaurant owners want to keep them as a neighborhood as opposed to being a big corporate company but in the past six months since they've been on tv they've had nine thousand inquiries from people all over the world wanting to be part of the tom and cheese network so they have they expanded yet or they They have three stores and they're planning to start franchising in 2014 they're looking to have nine or ten stores this year and then by the end of 2014 be opening one a month well, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I like the grilled cheese. I'm a I cheese too. kind I of guy. I grew up on them, yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Do you think Quackenbush is the real name or the stage name? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. The Actually, uh, I had someone, uh, one, of our, one of our listeners uh, actually gave me my small business of the month. And, uh, which, that's uh, fantastic. A fellow I know, uh, do a little bit of work with, uh, Jim Thomas, who, who runs uh, – a robotics and mechatronics lab. He suggested I take a look at a company called Adafruit Industries. At Ada, it's A D A with the word fruit altogether. Industries, which was is a company that sells uh, learning electronics kits, uh, cables, all sorts of things. That if you want to make your own computer, this is where you go. And they have a website that you can go buy all this stuff. It's called it's www adafruit.com, A-D-A-F-R-U-I-T. It was founded in 2005 by an MIT engineer, uh, actually a young lady whose name is Lemore Freed, whose goal was to create the best place online for learning electronics and making the best design products for makers of all ages and skill levels. So they have online sales of boards, cables, circuits, kits. Uh, They do... Uh, provide you tools to do app development. Looks like pretty cool stuff from a guy who is not very technical. Uh, <laughs> they've got over 50 employees in New York City and a 15,000 square foot factory now. They've expanded their offerings to uh, include uh, tools, uh, additional equipment, and uh, the young lady who started it, which if you go and, and look at uh, her website, she's got this very bright 
pink hair. She seems like a pretty interesting character. Uh, she personally selects, tests, and approves all the products before they go into the store. She was the first female engineer on the cover of Wired magazine, and she was named Entrepreneur Magazine's Entrepreneur of the Year in 2012. So, so I just found that to be a pretty interesting yes. uh, uh, company, and, and appreciate uh, the suggestion. And uh, you know, the, our, our overflowing Entrepreneur Exchange gift bag will, will be going to to Jim Thomas. So, so lucky, Jim! It's fantastic. And we're starting to see our viewers come up with ideas. I had a few that had some suggestions they didn't want me to bring them up this month until they did a little bit more research but at least they're listening that's good well we we appreciate all of our listeners out there and if you have an idea for the small business of the month please send it to us at eexchange at the mesh.tv and if we choose your small business we will refill our entrepreneur exchange gift bag and uh, and make a presentation to you Uh, so we're we we appreciate uh, your thoughts and your input and uh Gary, I guess uh, we'll look forward to doing this again next month. I'm excited. Thanks for being part of it. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Have a good month, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.